0: Welcome to the Johnny and Friends Ministry Podcast. For a lot of people who deal with chronic pain, it's like walking constantly in a state of storm. And for someone who's never experienced that, they can't even comprehend that it is storming. And, you know, if I had a dollar for every time that someone told me to smile, man, I would be I
1: would be rich. <laughs> Here at Johnny and Friends, it's our mission to energize the global church, to raise awareness about disability, and to equip Christ-honoring churches to include people with disabilities in the fabric of worship, fellowship, and outreach. Sometimes that means building a ramp to let wheelchair users enter a building. And other times, it's providing a sign language interpreter to preach the gospel to those who are deaf, or an audio or braille Bible for those who are blind. But not all disabilities are as visible as a wheelchair, or a hearing aid, or a seeing-eye dog. Sometimes, disability is absolutely invisible. And for those who live with chronic pain or illness, they may feel misunderstood and unseen. So stay tuned as we shine a light on Invisible Disabilities. Today, I'm here in the studio with my lovely friend and coworker, Hallie Schaefer, and we are talking about invisible disabilities. Welcome to the podcast, Hallie. Thanks for having me here. Well, I'm so glad to have you. And, you know, as we look at who we serve at Johnny and Friends, you know, we focus a lot on people with visible disabilities that are apparent to the eyes. And so I'm so glad to be talking with you today. Because you yourself have a hidden disability, you struggle with fibromyalgia. I do. I do. Yeah. And you know, just looking at you, you're a lovely, lovely woman, and um, I would have never known the challenges that you've faced with chronic fatigue and pain. And I think there's a sense where we want to understand this better. So you know, as we begin, can you describe the symptoms that are common to those who have this diagnosis?
0: Yeah, so obviously chronic pain, that's the number one Mm. symptom with fibromyalgia patients. Another element is, we call it fibro fog. So it's this constant state of mental fogginess, of blurriness. It's very hard to process. For me personally, putting sentences together, memory recall in the short term is hard for me. Another element is TMJ. It's an mm. issue, a disorder with the jaw. and so my muscles get really tight mm-hmm. in my jaw and makes speaking really difficult for me. I think with anything chronic, depression is something that's oftentimes very present. And it fluctuates for me. I go in and out of depression depending on certain environmental factors Mm. and how I'm doing physically. And my stress will impact my level of depression. Mm. So it's kind of different for everybody. Everyone Mm. has a different set of symptoms um, with fibromyalgia. But pain is definitely the, the number one symptom.
1: Gosh, I had no idea that fibromyalgia carried all of these symptoms, the fogginess, fatigue, even the TMJ pain, and the depression. How does this impact you day to day? Yeah, that's a a hard one because
0: really being in a constant state of pain, and it can be really hard. And I think that oftentimes people will perceive me as angry or upset or a negative. And I was um, sitting with a friend chatting and um, someone had walked by and, and stated, smile, Hallie, things can't be that bad. Mm. And man, that comment just really stung mm. because I try so hard to be positive and then to be told that, things can't be that bad it's from someone who has no no clue no idea right and it's just an example of people not really being able to step out of their own perspective and have an inclination that someone's day is very different than theirs right um, and I, there's a
1: whole lot going on underneath the surface
0: totally for for everybody and it might mm-hmm. it? It oftentimes isn't even confined to just people with chronic pain. It's someone could have lost a family member. Someone right. could have been hospitalized recently. Somebody yeah. could have gotten a a diagnosis, mm. maybe depression or self doubt or negative self talk. You never really know, and that's mm-hmm. why it's so important to be conscious of the language that we're using. The statements we make to someone else, even if it's in jest, because we just never know. We just don't know. Kindness goes a long way. It does indeed. Describing what it's like living with chronic pain to someone who's never had to experience that before can mm-hmm. be really challenging. And oftentimes mm-hmm. I'll get blank stares or you can tell when someone just doesn't really get it. And right. I was thinking about this driving to work The other morning about what that looks like for someone who's never experienced it. For a lot of people who deal with chronic pain, it's like walking constantly in a state of storm. Mm. And for someone who's never experienced that, and they walk up to them, and it's sunshine and clear skies. And they can't even comprehend that it is storming.
1: Wow. Well, you talk about going to the doctor's. And, uh, you know, at Johnny and Friends, we hear from a lot of people who deal with chronic pain, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, and in the midst of what they share, a lot of it is the frustration of going to doctors who either don't believe them or don't understand because you can't see it on an MRI or an x-ray or you can't do many blood tests where you can find conclusive Evidence. What was it like for you going to doctors as a teenager and their perceptions of what was going on?
0: Yeah, going to doctors was an interesting process for me. I didn't get many answers. They all kind of looked at me knowing something was off, but they had no idea what it was or what to do. So there was a lot of suggestions they actually misdiagnosed me with lupus. I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia when I was 20, going on 21. Mm. But even after the diagnosis, they still didn't know how to treat me. It mm. was a lot of feelings of hopelessness and discouragement, feeling like it was a waste of time, mm. that I wasn't believed. I think there's it's painful. some doctors that... Believe that it is all in your head. Right. And I've I've been told that
1: before, that maybe I should see a a therapist. As if your perception would change, it would alleviate all these symptoms you say you're experiencing. Right. So to be told that
0: when you're in a very sensitive state physically of knowing what you feel and knowing that it is not right. Right. It can be really devastating to be told, well, there's nothing wrong with you. It's in your head.
1: What kind of emotional and spiritual state do you get in? I mean, how do you start preparing for something like that?
0: I think that I have grown a lot in this area. When I was first diagnosed and my flare-ups first started happening, I think panic really mm. was the response. Mm-hmm and fear, mm. and how am I going to handle this? And your mind just jumps to a lot of different places.
1: Oh, yeah. So how bad is it going
0: to be this time? Is mm-hmm. it going to lay me out? What does this mean? Who's going to be around to help me? Mm. Is there anyone around to help me? Mm. These questions for sure mm. enter in, and I think that over the years— And in my walk with the Lord, something that's really developed in me is a sense of peace and going to the Lord in prayer Mm -hmm. and really preparing my mind. Mm -hmm. Because as much as it's a physical state, it's a mental and emotional state Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. If you let it, it can really take you out emotionally. Mm. Some of my deepest points of depression have been a result of flare-ups and these Mm. harder times with pain. And I think that I struggled with bitterness for a long time, just not being able to accept that this was my reality Mm -hmm. and feeling like my body wasn't working the way it should can be really frustrating. Right. And so it's a mental battle for me at this point. I think the pain has almost become secondary to fighting off those negative thoughts Mm. and fighting off the depression Mm -hmm. and training my mind to seek truth Mm -hmm. in place of the lies and in place of the darkness that kind of um, washes over you Mm. if you don't protect yourself.
1: Right. I mean, I've heard Johnny talk about her battle with chronic pain. She said it makes quadriplegia look like a walk in the park. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, as you're speaking, I just think about the relationship between our bodies and our spirits Mm -hmm. and how one deeply impacts the other. You know, I'm reading Johnny's little booklet, Pain and Providence, and she talks about facts about pain. She says, Pain is both physical and emotional. Pain, especially chronic pain, affects more than your body. It's psychologically stressful and can lead to emotions like anger and frustration. Pain and stress can be a vicious cycle, increasing stress levels, which in turn can make pain worse. 77% of people with chronic pain report depression, and that's what you're talking about. You know, the deep, dark times that you go through. This must really impact Not only your walk with God, but your relationships. I mean, what are some of the ways that fibromyalgia have impacted friendships, relationships through the years for you? Yeah,
0: that's a complicated aspect of having chronic pain, chronic illness, because so few people really can grasp Mm. what you're going through Mm -hmm. and what you experience on a daily basis, a momentary basis. And so something I've experienced over the years is people withdrawing and people... From you. Yeah, and people distancing themselves from me in relationship. Mm. And it can be really difficult. Um, I had a relationship... During my diagnosis and... like, around 20. So, around 20 up until, like, 22. So, really Mm -hmm. those, like, harsh years of Mm. trying to navigate this new diagnosis, trying to figure Mm. out what it means and what it means for my life moving Mm. forward. And that relationship ended with him telling me that... My health issues were too much to handle, mm. and uh, that relationship ended. And that was really devastating for me. Um, I bet. Not just the loss of relationship with someone that you expected to spend your life with, mm. but the repercussions of being told that this thing you can't control, mm. your health, is too much mm. for another person to handle. Mm. When you're already struggling with, well, it's too much for me to handle. Right. It's really hard. And that kind of set me down the best and hardest road in my life to date. More so than learning how to navigate my health issues, it was learning how to navigate what it means for me to walk with God through this knowing that it's not going to end and fighting lies that I'm not good enough and that I'm damaged and not worthy to be loved. Those are all of the things that presented themselves as truth to me in a very vulnerable time. Mm. And it's really hard to not buy into that and to not believe that that's truth. And so the Lord really kind of took me in His arms and walked with me that whole next year. And I had some really hard, beautiful moments where the Lord taught me that the people in my life can't ever hope to be constant, can't deal with what I'm dealing with And the Lord taught me that He is the only thing, only person that's constant in my life. And when you're living in a state of physical chaos, when your body just doesn't work the way it should, and you have all of these things—pain, fatigue, blurriness of your mind Memory loss, all of these things are nagging for your attention mm-hmm. and pulling you in all of these directions. Mm-hmm. It was like stepping from a chaotic storm into mm-hmm. the peaceful center. Mm-hmm. And the Lord said, I am constant. Mm-hmm. I am with you every step. Mm-hmm. I am not going to leave you mm-hmm. because your body doesn't work the way it should. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to leave you because you're insecure. I'm not going to leave you because of what others say about you. And I'm not going to leave you because of what you are or aren't capable of. Mm. And that
1: was really profound for me. You're dealing with rejection, pain, the loss of a relationship, all while feeling the fatigue, no answers. And here's God. And he is speaking life and truth over you. And I can see how he rescued you at your darkest hour.
0: Yeah. It was definitely something intimate that the Lord took an intimate struggle and an intimate time and taught me who he was in place of what I believed he was Mm -hmm. or in the midst of my doubt and replaced my doubt with his character and his constant goodness and reminded me that he is there in the midst of every trial and every season and every trial Mm -hmm. that's promised. One of the scriptures that I kind of clung to through my diagnosis and afterwards and to this day, is John 16, 33. And it says, I say these things to you so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, Mm. but fear not, for I have overcome the world. Mm. And it kind of hits all three aspects of what I'm constantly going through this promise that you will have tribulation, that this world is going to hurt you, mm. and that your body isn't going to work well, and that this world is dysfunctional. Mm. But to not fear, which is something that tries to creep in every day and every moment. right? And then a promise that he has overcome the world, he has overcome your tribulation he has overcome your fear and there's this hope for the end and it's
1: him the end goal he is there he's the constant he's the one that is the lover of your soul he's the one in whom we find our identity our true identity now you know as as we talk about relationships I just think of you know a community of people who have loved ones in their life with chronic pain or chronic illness or people in their church, people they ha- haven't even met yet. And um, I think there's a tendency for those of us to want to help and be helpful and to offer solutions, which isn't always helpful. But I'm just wondering from your perspective, what are some of the ways that a community can care for somebody with fibromyalgia, chronic pain, chronic illness. What do we say? What's What's helped you?
0: Yeah, it's funny. I can't help but smile because that's always the reaction that people have. They always want to offer up we a solution. They want to fix it. And it's the intention is so sweet, um, mm. but oftentimes it's so not helpful (laughs) Mm. because what people have to understand when they approach me with some new solution or you should do this have you tried this it kind of negates the fact that I have been trying everything since before I was diagnosed and I have gone through the medications and Mm. I've gone through the doctor's visits and the Mm. physical therapy and all these things. And so I've invested a lot of time in my health in that regard. And though the intention to offer a solution and and fix a problem when we see it is kind and sweet, it's oftentimes not helpful Mm. and it can make a person... It made me feel like, well... But I've tried this, right? Wouldn't wouldn't you expect that I've tried that already, right? Right. And so, something that is more helpful, I think, is caring for a person's Mm. spiritual health Mm -hmm. more so than their physical health, and trusting that that person and their doctors is going to do what they need to do for the physical, Mm. and that as a community, you. Can care for them spiritually. You can care for them mentally and emotionally. And I think that's where the biggest impact from a community can be for myself, for someone dealing with chronic pain, chronic illness. I think that's really important.
1: That's good advice, caring for them spiritually. What does that look like practically? I mean, I think my natural inclination, even when I see you, even knowing this, it's like, I want to say, how are you? How do you feel today? <laughs> and um, I'm realizing that's maybe not the most helpful question. Yeah. What is a, another alternative question? What What can I ask? It's a tricky
0: question. It's something I've learned over the years because I don't know that everyone with chronic pain and illness even realizes how discouraging that question can be. It took me a long time to realize it, enough times of looking at people's reaction when I would answer honestly, people would ask me how I am, and I would respond, well, I'm not doing well today. Like, I'm in a lot of pain. I'm hurting, and I just see their face drop. like mm. They're so devastated for me, mm. and that's not the reaction that I want people to have, and so oftentimes I won't be honest with how I am. Mm. And so in my closer community with with friends, family who know my condition, know what I deal with on a daily basis, I will shift them away from that question. It was my boyfriend, Tim, who actually brought it to my attention of how best I can be cared for and asked the mm. question of, How are you, and how to frame that? Because I think he got so maybe frustrated when he would ask me that when we first started dating. How are you? And my answers would always kind of be the same. And like talking about your pain or talking about my pain, how I'm feeling, Mm -hmm. how, yeah. And so he started asking, How are you physically? How are you mentally and emotionally? And how are you spiritually? Mm. And he framed it into these three different categories. Mm. And what was really profound about that was it separated me from what I couldn't control and what Mm. was daily and difficult being my physical, Mm -hmm. how are you? Mm. And gave me back control of being able to answer how I am Emotionally, how I am emotionally, how I am mentally, where I am in my state of mind. That's powerful. Because that changes. That I can answer. You know, today was a really good day. I'm feeling very positive. I'm feeling happy, whatever Mm. it may be. Other days it might be more difficult. I'm feeling negative. I'm feeling self doubt. I'm Mm. feeling these things. And it opened up this different dialogue than just, how are you feeling? Oh, well, I'm in pain today like I was yesterday and how I will probably be tomorrow. (laughs) And then it also gave me this category of how are you spiritually? And I was able Mm -hmm. to talk about growth or the things that God was teaching me in the daily of how to rely on Him through moments of pain or moments when I can't focus at work or when I'm at home and don't have energy to do the things I need to do, and it's it can be devastating. It can right. feel like I'm getting so behind and lost on life, and it can be frustrating. So having those three questions really opened up a new way of communicating for him and mm-hmm. I and really touching Like the real things, the real topics of life and how I was doing versus just the how are you, which I stopped answering honestly (laughs) and is hard. And I don't really expect a lot of people to be able to do that in the daily life, but I have opened that up to my closer community and that's how they can care for me and... It's really encouraging. It's really, at the end of the day, knowing that I have people who I can express my mental state with mm-hmm. or my spiritual state with mm-hmm. and my physical state mm-hmm. and then know how to care for me spiritually mm-hmm. and then sending me scripture throughout the day or sending me songs to listen to that are empowering and encouraging and centered on truth are huge practical ways that I've seen my community come around me and help support me on
1: a daily basis. Those are great examples. And, um, you know, I have a, a texting buddy in Canada, and um, she texts the ministry regularly. She is such a blessing to us. She also deals with chronic pain, and I was asking her a little bit about what has helped her in her chronic pain, chronic illness. She's a mom, and she said really similarly to you, you know, people who ask questions that focus on the pain, although well-meaning, can bring a person's mind sort of down that spiral to really focus on the physical. And so she shared that with those who she's close with, who really know her situation well, they've, they're asking things like, how is God refreshing you in His care lately, and where can you see the Lord's provision in your life these days? Are you reading anything edifying? And so I think I mean those are just good questions in general and they I would think they would deepen a relationship. You get to know somebody in a totally mm-hmm. different way. It takes your mind on things above. Yeah. Not necessarily on the things that are here and things that you're experiencing. And like Johnny says, it doesn't change the situation. It doesn't change the pain, but it changes the focus. Mm -hmm. Which is
0: everything. Perspective mm. is everything when it comes to dealing with anything chronic, um, anything daily that you can't get away from, and that's trapping you. And it's hard enough to not focus on the pain every day without having people ask you how it is and then having to explain it to them and then them not getting it or them sympathizing but not really being able to empathize with you. And so I agree. Those those questions are great because they open up the doors to your community, feeling like they can help you in a practical, Mm -hmm. tangible way, which I think is the desire of anyone who offers suggestions or have you tried this really what they are wanting to do is care for you they just right. don't know the best way of doing that
1: yeah yeah my heart is i want to relieve you maybe this will help yeah. you know let me let me come up with a solution instead of how can i know you better mm-hmm. and i think you know i've heard also from people with chronic pain chronic illness the feeling of i'm isolated because nobody really understands and i think this can break the sense of isolation when you really get to know somebody in that deep spiritual way.
0: Yeah. I don't need people to understand how I'm feeling because I wouldn't want, if I had everybody understand how I feel every day, this world would be filled with a lot of hurting people, Mm -hmm. a lot of people in pain. Mm -hmm. No one wants that. Mm -hmm. It's not about having people understand me. It's about people wanting to be, be with me in spite of how I feel. And if that looks like coming over and hanging out on the couch because I can't walk that day because I'm in pain and mm. us connecting and bonding over scripture, over whatever it may be, mm. that help draw the perspective away from the pain and onto truth, that's huge. That's huge. It's huge for those who want to help, and it's huge for those who
1: need to be helped. That's so good. The ministry of presence, just friendship. Yes. How do you manage your social life? I mean, <laughs> I've heard people say, you know, I just can't do it all. And so there's a sense where you feel like I'm missing out on my friends and doing stuff, and yet if I do this, I may be wrecked for the next few days. I mean, how do you do it? Yeah, I have it a little bit easier because I'm a
0: natural introvert. Okay. And so I think if I was super social, it would be even more mm-hmm. devastating for me because I have a small bandwidth mm-hmm. as it is just naturally in my personality. And so I have. You know,
1: it's so good that you know yourself well.
0: Yes, totally, totally knowing that I can have my handful of really close friends Mm -hmm. and invest the time and energy into those relationships is really good for me. But I was very, very active um, in high school Mm -hmm. through up until my diagnosis, and that pretty much changed. I wasn't able to play sports anymore. Mm. I wasn't able to do a lot of activities without severe repercussions. Mm. Even recently, uh, going up to Big Bear to go sledding with friends and spend a weekend hanging out, we went sledding for maybe an hour or two, and the rest of the day and the next day, my body paid for it. And just was on fire and, Mm. um, muscles in my legs were hurting and it just felt like I got hit by a truck Mm. and you get to a point where, you know, kind of what's worth it and what's not. Mm -hmm. It is hard when people and friends want to do things and you know, it's just not worth it. Mm -hmm. I know what, what it's going to feel like tomorrow if I, if I do that. And it can be difficult because my friends don't always know or realize or think in in the terms that I have to. And Right. Like, what's this going to mean for how? Yeah. I remember during that Big Bear trip, I get really carsick. And so oh. I usually take drumamine or something to help me sleep on the way. So I remember I was kind of in and out of sleep and overheard our friend that was driving up make a comment that you know, well, it's a good thing that she's sleeping so much, so she won't be tired tomorrow. And it was kind of one of those comments that I know wasn't made out of any malicious intent, but just didn't understand that it doesn't matter how much I sleep. It doesn't matter what I do. I'm going to be fatigued. People just don't quite understand that because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a perspective they've never had to deal with. You have to think about things a lot differently you have to prioritize and sacrifice a lot of mm. i think social activities mm. based on how it's going to affect you the pain is constantly there and it pulls my energy and it kind of sucks the life out of me yeah and then to then engage with people and and be intentional with people can be hard so as i think through kind of my priorities and having to accept what I can and can't do, something that I'm constantly reminded of, something that the Lord has been teaching me is embracing my circumstances, Mm. embracing what and where God has placed me, Mm -hmm. and pressing into my circumstances. Mm. Because really, I know that the Lord has so much purpose in my circumstances in having fibromyalgia, having chronic pain. There's purpose, and that's a perspective I need to daily hold on to because without purpose, what else do I have? And so pressing in to finding, okay, what are the opportunities today because of my chronic pain where I can glorify the Lord, where I can press into my relationship with Him, where I can learn more of the characteristics of God and mm. who God is and who I am in light of my chronic pain and in light of how God made me and this mm. tribulation that God has been allowing me to go through.
1: What can I draw from that? Mm. That's beautiful. These trials are drawing you closer to God and giving you a view of him that maybe without those, you wouldn't see him in that same way. Mm. My chronic
0: pain is definitely the thorn in my side that draws me ever closer Mm. to the Lord. And it has been a learning process Mm. and it's not easy, but it is something that, because it's such a momentary thing, it's such a constant reminder to draw close to the Lord, which is a huge blessing Because it's like having a friend tap you on the shoulder every five minutes. Be like, hey, you're in pain. Remember, draw to to the Lord. Mm. Draw in, draw near, seek out who He is.
1: What a great perspective. You know, when you were 20 and you got diagnosed and then you went through the breakup, you experienced extreme depression and disappointment, rejection. You were at a low and... And now, as you look down the road at your future, how does the reality of your health impact your view now at this point in your life?
0: Yeah, I think that the idea of perseverance has been something that I have clung to and I think of 2 Corinthians 4:17. It says For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory Mm -hmm. beyond all comparison. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I have also clung to, knowing that, gosh, in this perspective of daily pain, that it is light and it's momentary because we Mm -hmm. have eternity Mm -hmm. waiting for us. And it has really helped me understand and comprehend each day and my circumstances and have hope for something bigger and better in a body that's not in pain, knowing that in Christ I have the energy to take on every opportunity that He's given me Mm. each day. It's a daily perspective that i I am trying to project into the future and hold mm-hmm. as my kind of goal moving forward. And it really has shaped my whole perspective for my future. And I know that it's manageable. It's, it's light because Christ carries my burdens mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's the perspective I'm trying to hold
1: on to. Well, that's definitely God-given. That's not something that we can conjure up mm. in, our, in our physical sense, in our flesh. But gosh, I just love that you walk with the Lord, Hallie. You cling to Him. You look to Him. And you're an encouragement to me. Thank you for being so honest and open on this mm-hmm. podcast. Thank you for your friendship. And thank you for the valuable advice oh, that you've you. given to us. I yeah. really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Millions of people around the world carry these hidden disabilities. Whether it's a disease like fibromyalgia that takes away your energy and racks your body with pain, or emotional wounds and psychological trauma, so many of us carry pain that is invisible to the world, but it's not invisible to God, and in Him we can find a place of healing. While our healing may not always be physical, God has not abandoned us or forgotten our pain. If you're wondering where God is in your suffering, I would encourage you to get a copy of Johnny Erickson Tata's book, A Place of Healing. Whether you are enduring physical pain, financial loss, relational grief, or chronic illness, Johnny invites you to process your suffering along with her. You can purchase a copy of A Place of Healing on our website, johnnyandfriends.org podcast. And if you'd like to share your questions, get in touch with us online by going to johnnyandfriends.org podcast to send us a message. And join us again next week. We'll be discussing how you can help raise awareness in your church and community about the day-to-day reality of living with a disability. The first step to caring is knowing. So I hope you'll join us for that conversation. I'm your host, Crystal Keating, and this is the Johnny and Friends Ministry Podcast. See you next week.